This is Food First Michigan on 760 WJR. Sponsored by the Food Bank Council of Michigan. Creating a food secure state. And by Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan. Now here are your hosts, Dr. Phil Knight and Jerry Brisson. Welcome everyone and thanks for listening. The Road Less Traveled was a popular self-help book by Scott Peck and has become a bit of a catchphrase for those who dare to think not just outside the box, but really different than others. Some literary scholars trace Peck's premise to the poem, The Road Not Taken, by Robert Frost. Essentially, both use the road as a metaphor for a person who thinks independently of others or norms, and both Peck and Frost believe there are few who chose this road that leads to nonconformity and thereby disruption. Some time ago, I had an encounter with an individual who questioned me on my assertion that food security could be created. Given all the questions, criticisms, doubters, and keyboard warriors that exist in our culture, I decided to answer the question, and I will do so in public in the next few weeks when I participate in the Midwest Legislators Leadership Conference here in Detroit. Let me tell you, as a preview, why I think and believe hunger is a solvable problem. First, I value the opposable mind. The mind that questions, but yet still wants to contribute beyond criticism. I keep those people in my inner circle, thinkers who have different values than me, and pour into me. Essentially, I have little use for problem spotters, but I love problem solvers. I refuse to believe, secondly, a man-made ill cannot be solved by its creator. Mankind has created the inequity, the system, and the difficulty in people having access to healthy, nutritious food. If we created it, we can solve it. After all, hunger is not bigger than we are, better than we are, and it is not beyond us to solve. Einstein did warn us that we cannot use the same thinking to solve a problem that we use to create it. And finally, hunger has a straightforward solution and that is access to healthy food on a consistent basis. Food security is a bit different. It is a systemic adjustment to allow people to use and keep leverages to meet their daily, weekly, and monthly household needs. Whether that's employment, access to food, wages, housing, childcare, health insurance, and many more factors go into creating a food secure state. Today on our show, the new CEO of the United Dairy Industry of Michigan, Dwyer Williams, joins us as a problem solver who knows there are many obstacles, challenges, and opportunities to help families have access to the food that they want and need. Specifically, the most requested item from our network of 3,000 different pantries across Michigan, and that item is fluid milk. Join Jerry, Dwyer, and me next on this edition of Food First Michigan.
Welcome back, everyone, and thanks for joining us. Jerry Brisson sitting there across from me in the WJR studio. Jerry, great to see you, as always. Well, it's always a pleasure, even though you say that, and I know it's just a little bit of a lie. It might be okay to hear me, but to see me, really? Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> that's why we're on radio and not TV. So, um, But... A person who we have never had the opportunity to have on this show before is with us today, as promised. Our guest, Dwyer Williams, the CEO of United Dairy Industry of Michigan, and really our partner and colleague. And uh, I really don't know anybody who loves distributing milk, fluid milk, more than Jerry, you and your team at Gleaners. Well, I'll give my, my operations team all the credit for that. We started this really early on with a partnership with UDIM to try to figure out how to do this well and get enough milk consistently. We went from distributing no truckloads of milk (laughs) to 14 to 20 truckloads of milk every month. So we do a lot of it. It is one of the things that people ask for the most. We never have to worry about uh, will we be able to distribute it all? Uh, it always goes all the time. It is one of the just-in-time things, in and out, in and out, in and out. Uh, but it wouldn't have been possible without the partnership of UDIM. And so, so Dwyer, we are so happy to have you with us today. And why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself so our listeners can know who they're talking to. I'd be happy to, and thank you so much for having me today. I am thrilled to have a conversation with you, Jerry and Phil. So um, uh, my name is Dwyer Williams, and I am the CEO of UDIM, which is the United Dairy Industry of Michigan. We work for all of the dairy farmers in Michigan, and our role is to build trust with consumers around dairy farms and dairy farming. Uh, I've worked for dairy farmers for 10 years. I am so proud of the fact that I get to work with this hard-working group of folks. Um, and I've done a lot of different things on behalf of farmers. So I worked at the National Checkoff Dairy Management, Inc., where I led our strategic intelligence group, which really consists of consumer insights, market insights, category insights, and taking those data sets and turning them into sharp programming for Um, to reach consumers where they are. But before I worked for dairy farmers, I uh, started my career in advertising and marketing and public relations, and I worked on a variety of different industries, everything from the United States Army to Hampton Hotels. And within those engagements, I really worked on business problems and how do we solve the challenges that are in front of some of those organizations and you know, really engage with consumers on their behalf. So I am thrilled to be here in Michigan. I moved here from Chicago about a year and a half ago, and I absolutely love Michigan. Yay! We can't wait to tell our colleagues from Chicago about this. We're gonna, that, that's a real incentive for us to spread this story a little wider. <laughs> yeah. It's it's great to have you, and you're. I'm just, you know, have read through your bio, Dwyer, and it's. It, I, I said in the opening when we just greeted each other on the phone that it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. It's, um, it's, it's very diverse in your in your work and educational experience, and, you know, there's a, a before joining the UDIM team, it says you were the chief transformation officer at DMI, and I just love that title. 
<laughs> that sounds like change management, pure and simple to me. Uh, so. it, it was. It was um, really looking at the industry, the full supply chain of dairy and saying, where do we want to be in 10 years? How are we going to show up to our consumers and other constituents? And it was a labor of love to really think about uh, transformation and change in the industry. And I had the great pleasure and honor of working with many of the CEOs of dairy companies here in the U.S. So it was a thrilling ride, and a lot of that work is actually being put into play now at dairy management. You know, that makes such a difference for us in the food banking world. You know, most of our work is logistics. I mean, really and truth, mm-hmm. food safety and logistics is a huge part of what we do. And and so when we think about the food supply chain and where is the food supply chain going, that's that's critical information for us to understand so that we can plan, right? So that we know how the markets might look and, and where we might have a role to play. So I will say this, uh, you know, that, that skill of understanding all those pieces and how they work together is something that we're working with um, the Michigan Farm Bureau on and with other people on our board of directors and at the food bank itself across the state of Michigan, having a deeper understanding of the, the whole food supply chain and, and really where do we have to be in it to serve the community best. It's, it's a critical skill. Exactly. There was one stop in your career that Jerry's particularly interested in, and that has to do with um, the time you worked with or for or helped Jim Beam. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. You know, I have a lot of experience in, in uh, the food and beverage arena. I actually worked with Kraft Foods and, uh, and Jim Beam and, you know, very different companies. But, you know, it's all about setting the, the story for the brands, and that was a thrilling assignment as well. He's hearkening to the fact that my wife's family is from Kentucky. Right. So, you know, the, the bourbon industry is of great interest. <laughs> well, I think we're fortunate listening to you and getting to know you a little bit to have you here in Michigan and leading this part of the of the food industry here, United Dairy Industry of Michigan. Dwyer, could you tell us, our listeners, a little bit about UDIM and what their role is and what do you guys do um, at UDIM that really impacts Michigan and beyond? Sure. So the United Dairy Industry of Michigan's mission is to build trust and sales with consumers in Michigan dairy farms and Michigan dairy products. Um, Our role specifically is promotion and education around those elements. So we focus on talking about the 13 essential nutrients in milk. Um, We do do a lot of work with uh, educators in schools to talk about the benefits of of chocolate milk and a variety of other items. But, But it comes down to promotion and education of dairy products. We are not responsible for anything in the regulatory or legislative arena, so we strictly focus on education and promotion. Okay. Well, that's that's an important distinction. I'm guessing that there is another state association that 
works more directly with regulatory and legislative matters. And would that be the Michigan Milk Producers Association? Michigan Milk Producers is a cooperative. So um, dairy farmers are members of that cooperative. Um, They wouldn't necessarily be tackling those issues either. Um, And I, I don't know exactly what all their components are, but there was a nat- there are a couple of national groups that really work to understand what's coming down the pike and how it might affect the, the dairy industry at large. Um, and so that would be national milk. Oh yeah. And mm-hmm. the International Dairy Foods Association at the national level. Right. Well, great. Well, that that's a great introduction segment, I think, of who you are and what UDIM does, and in in some cases what they don't do, and I. Love the idea of promotion and education. Um, so it's it's great to have you with us here. And as we close out this segment, I just have to say that, you know, at some point we're going to have to talk about this part of your bio that says avid traveler, because I, I think I've been in that, you know, we probably passed each other in some foreign airport somewhere. Uh, <laughs> And then, you know, you're a proud dog mom to Eleanor Roosevelt and Queen Roxy. I sure am. So I got it. We got to hear a little bit about the, those guys for sure. I, I, I'm, I'm a definite dog lover. So let's, let's pick this up on the other side of the break. She's Dreyer Williams. She is the CEO for the United Dairy Industry of Michigan. That's Jerry Brisson. I'm Dr. Phil Knight. And the three of us are back with you in just a moment. Contact the Food Bank Council of Michigan at fbcmich.org. Now back to more Food First Michigan with Dr. Phil Knight and Jerry Brisson. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for being with us. Jerry Brisson with me, as usual. Dwyer Williams, the CEO of UDIM. That's the United Dairy Industry of Michigan. And um, I'm fascinated by what everything that UDIM does in representing this, this very important sector of the food supply chain being dairy. I mean, for years now, they have partnered with us, Jerry, uh, at the Food Bank Council to to ensure, as you've said here on the show, that milk is the, if not it, one of, if not the, the most requested item from the pantry network from our families. And I think that really shows the importance. And, and I think the other side of this that's really important I want to take make note of is when someone as that's in need and they're asking for a specific item and they're able to get it I think that that communicates value to them this is how valuable you are and we wanted to make sure you got what you requested for and dairy is is that item more often than not so I think that there is a you know, we'll talk about the the, the nutrient. Uh, Dwyer, you said thirteen nutrients in in milk alone, and you know we'll talk about that in this segment. But I want to point out that milk goes further than just the nutritional value. It helps people feel better. It helps people understand that they're important, and I mm-hmm. I just don't want to ever lose that part of what the value of food is. Mm-hmm. 
So as we get down there, the other side of that is the value of the people who are producing it, right? And I know that's who you represent, right? Those families who are so, you know, critical to the to the health and well-being of our economy. And, mm-hmm. and not just, you know, it's not an urban thing necessarily. It's many, many rural communities that benefit from, from people who, who produce milk and other dairy products on a regular basis. So one of the things we learned during the pandemic was our food supply chain was a little more fragile than we thought. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and again, you know, connecting all these dots between serving the community well um, is such an important part of this conversation. So talk to us a little bit about serving these, these families who have chosen to make food production their livelihood. Well, let me first start by saying I feel very honored to work for the more than 900 dairy farm families here in Michigan. They are truly some of the most hardworking folks that there are. They work 365 days a year. They never get a day off. They don't get a vacation because they're caring for their cows and it is their business. And it is so critically important for dairy farmers to put nutritious products on the table, starting with a glass of milk and many other dairy products that we enjoy, yogurt, cheese, ice cream, Mm-hmm. But they are really committed to to ensuring that everybody has accessible, nutritious food. And it is really the cornerstone of everything we do. Um, and milk is, it really is nature's perfect food. It has 13 essential nutrients. It has, um, you know, a, a whole bunch of elements that we need, like protein and vitamin A and vitamin D and B12, and the list goes on. Um, And, you know, I I just, I I think that it's important to note how dairy farmers not only care for their cows, which is their well-being and their livelihood, but how they care for the land and how sustainable they are. So here's a, for instance, there are some dairy farms here in Michigan that have a methane digester. What does that mean? The farmers take the manure, put it into the digester, and the outcome could be a couple of different things. One, putting electricity on the grid, so powering their neighbor's electricity, or turning it into biogas and putting it back into the transportation system. These are stories that I don't think all people really know about dairy farmers. It goes well beyond just the cows themselves. I mean, obviously it starts with the cows, but there's so much that dairy farmers do to make this world better. Yeah, that's a that's such an important story, uh, and there's so many stories to tell. I, I'm I, I know there are. I I've met. I don't know how many dairy farmers. I'm I'm going to say it's less than a hundred and more than twenty five. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> but you know what? Good, good, good-hearted folks. I mean, it's my experience of growers of, of every kind. Uh, and so, so um, as, we've, as we've gotten to understand the dynamics of this, like even thinking about how do you make a living at this? You know, you got to have markets. Those markets have to be somewhat dependable. They have to pay a reasonable price. But there's also other things you can do, like... 
figuring out how to use a methane digester. And I think you're right to say, you know, those innovations are what make the industry resilient, right? Mm-hmm, because they mm-hmm. and and food banking is so impacted by that as well, right? Innovation mm-hmm. is one of our values, one of the core things we talk about all the time, because without innovation, the problem will never be solved. It's not solved today. You need innovation. You've got to be thinking about how to do not just more, but better as well, right? Because there aren't an infinite number of resources for any of us. So so there's so much that that connects us to the people that produce food besides the fact that it's what we need to give to the community that we we learn so much by talking to people who are innovating about how they're doing it and and why they do it the way they do it and and is there a way that we can benefit from that as well and that's all really important yeah definitely and you mentioned um earlier you talked about rural communities and i just want to share a quick story I lived in Chicago for 25 years, right in the city. So urbanite to the nth degree. And I moved to Michigan and I live in southwest Michigan in a pretty rural community. And there are a lot of farms here. There are a few dairy farms that are 15 and 20 minutes, um, you know, near me, my neighbors, I like to call them. (laughs) But being in a rural community and understanding how important access to nutritious foods like milk it, it, it it's so critical and i didn't necessarily understand it until i lived it yeah and so it's given me a new perspective on how we approach both urban and rural communities hugely important issue in food banking and we're getting better at it you know we've we've got a couple of food banks that have an awful lot of rural counties that they that they try to serve as well as they can and so uh all these really important points for us as well as you mm-hmm. dwyer what would you say is um a couple of the top things that are on the horizon for udim both here in michigan and you know and beyond So there are a couple of pilots, I would call them, that we're trying out now. One is a pilot with pediatricians here in Michigan. And we understand the importance of pediatricians having the right facts about dairy and making sure that we are the source of those nutritious facts. And the idea is then those pediatricians are armed with the right information to share with their patients. We just started that pilot. It's going exceedingly well. And um, I'm looking forward to hearing some of the both anecdotal and um, application outputs later this summer. So that's one thing underway. Um, another thing, and, you know, we're, we're at summertime now, so school's out, um, but we started putting lattes, and boba tea into high schools. And these high schoolers absolutely love it. And that is new to us. And thinking about different ways to deliver the dairy experience to all types of consumers. You know, what a 15-year-old is interested in might not be what a you know, 45-year-old is interested in. So really understanding our cohorts and providing dairy to to them and meeting them where they are 
another thing is, you know, right now in our country, you know, we're really focused on wellness. You know, we've been through a lot as a world, as a country. And I, I firmly believe that milk and dairy products help with a mental and emotional wellness routine. And I'm, I'm so thrilled that I get to be able to say that, you know, not only do we maintain gut health and, you know, uh, provide better digestion, but we can give that moment of calm in the, the chaos of the world today. So really playing that up um, through social media and otherwise is, I think, what you're going to continue to see from us. Dwyer, how would people understand to find more information about UDIM and uh, the work here in Michigan? Sure. We have three I would say three different areas. So on Instagram, you can find us at Milk Means More. You can also find us at Conquer With Milk. So we have two different Instagram accounts. We also on TikTok, same situation, Milk Means More and Conquer With Milk. And then we have our website, which is dedicated to providing recipes and nutrition information and inspiration for how to use dairy products and that's milkmeansmore.org and the strawberry and corn shortcake recipe <laughs> looks really good and what's really unique about it it has it has a little bit of basil fresh basil on top of it it looks so good i have to say delicious you're, you're so <laughs> cheating over there <laughs> Hey, I got to tell you that, um, you know, thank you for being with us and 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 sharing this insight into this industry. And it's so important to our work and our families. But I got to tell you, I love Conquer with Milk. I, I That's awesome. I love that. I'm 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 going to I'm going to subscribe to that as soon as I can get my Instagram open here. That's I love that. Oh, good. I'm glad. You know, Conquer With Milk was really set up to reach the Gen Z audience. And then Milk Means More is about reaching millennial moms, millennial parents. So you'll you'll see the content is a little bit different. And, you know, again, it's about meeting our consumers where they are. Well, that's great because I'm a boomer and, you know, you don't even need a website for me because I'm sold on milk. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Dwyer, thanks for being with us. Dwyer Williams, the CEO for UDIM, the United Dairy Industry of Michigan, our friend and our colleague, and now our guest here on Food First Michigan. Thank you for being with us. Thank you. Jerry and I will be back in just a moment. Food First Michigan. Once again, here's Phil and Jerry. Jerry, that was Dwyer Williams, and, you know, I guess maybe people might not really think too often that milk, which means more, by the way, <laughs> um, is is a serious tool in the anti-hunger toolbox. You know, I keep thinking to myself, it used to be that when people talked about food banking, they they thought about basically pantry staples 
right? Spaghetti and spaghetti sauce. And maybe people were thinking about those USDA black and white cans that we used to have a long time ago, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, th- I still think there's I this... I think people always think about the government cheese. Yeah, right. I you mean, know? but that's exactly right. The you know, And so, you know, we're talking about fluid milk. It is something that we had to learn to do, right, that we've learned in the last five, six years, you know, um, we've gotten a lot better at at um, distributing, you know, inventory distributing, keeping safe, all that, right? All the things food banks do. You just um, you just you just say that so fast. Yeah, boom. But, I mean, but there's a lot there. Yeah, you know, we probably don't have time to unpack it today. But so when I came eight and a half years ago, we had just gotten a grant from the Michigan Health Endowment Fund. It was the first time for them to distribute any funds across the state. They gave the Food Bank Council a $5 million grant over two years, so $2.5 million a year. And in my mind, that really began the journey about fresh. Yeah. And we taught ourselves how to do fresh food. And from that innovation came the opportunity to learn how to do fluid milk and do it safely. Exactly right. And, and really have it available in a just-in-time way because milk is a just-in-time product. It's not something you can hang on to for a month, right? Yeah. So, so you know, milk and produce and other fresh foods have been a major priority for food banks, largely because of health, right? The, the people that we serve need healthy food to live healthy and productive lives. And so so we continue to, to get better Again, more and better, more and better. They have to go together. You can't just do more. You got to do more and better. And this capacity has been one of the significant areas that we've seen food banks and our pantry partners be able to do more and better. Well, I'm going to tweak that just a little bit. We talk about this is the theme for us. If anybody who listens to the show regularly understands more and better. And I think the principle we're trying to say is, we don't feel comfortable about asking for more until we do better. Right, yes. You know, and maybe we haven't said it exactly that clearly, but I think that's part of our value system here is when we when we know that things are operating at high efficiency, both in the food bank world and also in government programs, then we wouldn't have a if we could calculate how much more is needed to meet the need, we wouldn't have a problem asking that. But until we are operating high at high efficiency, I, I think we have a little hesitancy there. Yeah, and that is, you know, in the history of food banking where we have been the strongest, right? Becoming efficient at doing what we do. And so I, I do want to hearken back to Dwyer and UDIM and their partnership and how they have made us stronger. You know, they really have helped in many, many ways, establishing relationships, teaching us, you know, their role in this system and how they can help connect the dots between all the layers of the food supply chain so that we can get more and more of of the things the community wants and needs through our systems. And, uh, And, you know, that is included trucks. It's included refrigerators and freezers. It's included a lot of different things over the years. So... Uh, you know, it's when we say we think hunger is solvable in part because enough people want to solve it. That's a concrete example of what we mean. Yeah. And, and they're, they're living their value, you know, 
Um, I appreciated her, her story, her journey to get to this place. And when you read her bio, I think you can see, wow, she was really made for this position. You know, like for such a time as this, they have the right leader and the right place at the right time. And, um, you know, I think we're, we're thrilled to ha have her and, you know, the fact that she's willing to, you know, change her urban, ultimate urban height. I think she described yeah, herself that's right. to a bit more rural in southwest Michigan there and then certainly working in the state capitol. So it's, it's great to have her on the show and I think we need to have her back. She's got a lot to offer here. Oh, yeah. As she was wrapping up, she was saying, oh, you know, I could have talked about this. I could have talked about this. It's like, you're right. And we want you to. And we're going to have you back because there's so much for all of us to learn about where food comes from, how it gets to where it's supposed to go. What are the key things that make it work and keep it resilient for all of us? Uh, really, really interesting. What about the fact that there are 900 dairy farmers in Michigan? Did you hear that? Yeah. Yeah, I wrote it down. It was one of my notes. 900 dairy farmers in Michigan. You know what I'm going to find out is, all right, who are we getting the milk from? <laughs> right. right. Or, or who aren't we getting yeah, the milk from? Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, got to always be thinking about, oh, there's someone I don't know yet that I <laughs> ought to know. But right. uh, I think my team will be doing the same thing. <laughs> um, you know, the other thing, too, uh, talking about how this has innovated our work. Um, we have a, a colleague, a friend in Houston that runs the Houston Food Bank, Brian Green, and he is a strong advocate that one of the roles, chief roles that food banks can play as this work continues to evolve is about 80% of everything that food banks nationally distribute to the community should be fresh. Yeah. And I think yeah. we're pretty here in Michigan, we're right at 50% now. Yeah, yeah, which is so good for the community. I mean, you know, it, it's hard to describe the gratitude that people have when you meet them where they are in a positive way, in a very dignified environment where they feel valued. People want to be successful. People are invested in their own success in so many ways. And when we can walk alongside them with something they want and need and can bring home and the whole family is happy or a little bit happier anyway, um, all of this ties together. You talked about how food uh, demonstrates value. Mm -hmm. and, and it so does. And, and we probably can't say enough. If you think about your own life and when somebody comes to visit you, how often is it around food, right? Or if it's not around food, it becomes around food, right? <laughs> right. I mean, it's so often. It's so how we relate to each other. Um, it's, it's, it is it's is an element of this work that's probably we can't say enough about. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Hey, Jerry, let's take a quick break here and uh, come back and wrap up this show. But uh, I loved having Dwyer Williams on the show, the CEO for UDIM, United Dairy Industry of Michigan. We're going to have her back. And Jerry and I are back in just a moment to wrap up this edition of Food First Michigan.
Thanks for listening, everyone. Jerry, I like this show. Milk means more, by the way. Or conquer with milk. That I, was I like your, that. That was your... I can't wait to see what kind of content you get for the Gen Z. Isn't that who she... <laughs> yeah. You'll probably relate to it, Doctor. That's I, my guess. I don't know. I don't know. I'm a little <laughs> past my Gen Z years. But, you know, I, I think we have seen that milk is a valuable uh, tool in our toolbox to create food security across the state. It is a critical relationship, or many critical relationships, really, for food banks in Michigan. And when I think about successes since we started doing this show, and we promised we would have some, our ability to sustainably distribute milk and dairy products is one of the biggest successes in the last five to eight years. Jerry, time for a little food for thought. Here's things that didn't exist in this world just 15 years ago. Ready? iPhone, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, iPad, Netflix, streaming, Google Maps, Snapchat, Spotify, Android, Uber, Lyft, Alexa, Airbnb, an app store, a a Google Chrome, who uses that, WhatsApp, Fitbit, Slack, Square, Dropbox, Pinterest, Venmo, Bitcoin, Hulu, and Kindle. But what did exist was hunger in America. And like our inventions that have caused us to grow and change, so has the work of food banks. We have grown, evolved, and because of that, we are moving the needle on hunger and we are moving fresh food to the community and the family that needs it. We do not have all the answers. We know where and how to start by putting and keeping food first, folks, food first. Can I do that last one again? We do not know all of the answers, but we do know where and how to start by putting and keeping food first, folks, food first. Food First Michigan, presented by Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan and by the Food Bank Council of Michigan, creating a food-secure state.